Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 3, season 19. On a season that started off with all of us in complete unison and harmony, apart from me and Brian having a cat fight before we started, um, we're just down to the two at the top now. We've kind of worked our way slowly down, but Jack's back anyway. Hello, Jack. Hello, Tony Simpson. Thanks for having me back. Well, that's, you don't have to thank me anymore, mate. We've covered this long and hard. Um, Jack, uh, well, Brian, my mum taught me to be uh, nice and polite. No, 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 manners, good, so. good, no, good on you. Good on you. Brian Champion promised all kinds for this week. He's not even here. <laughs> I've just realised. He was like, last week, I'll get you a star guest from Sweden. Um, is, he, is he Dirt Fish's latest signing? Well, it, I think I think potentially I'm the only one that's not. So no, he probably no, I'm is. Not, I'm not either. So you're you, not either. You can tick me off that one, yeah. Do you know what? Right, I'm glad you mentioned Dirt Fish because obviously it's quite a significant thing that's gone on with the guys. Um, it's an interesting, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating story because, of course, the guy behind it is a, is a very, very successful businessman. He's got an amazing car collection and obviously the rally school and obviously um, history and stuff with regards to what's going on over in the States and things like that. And it's it's bold what's gone on, Jack, obviously, from a from a journalistic point of view, it's bold. Obviously, some some major signings and acquisitions and everything else. What, what What's your take on it? I think the the thing everyone's got to be happy about from a rally point of view is that it's rally people making rally content for rally fans. That's the the bit to get excited about because obviously um, you know I've worked for for Autosport and Motorsport News for, for quite a long time now, and you know part of the part of the thing we have to do with Autosport is we you know we've got analytics and we can see how many people are reading stuff, and you know we have to satisfy a quota at the end of the day, and we're we're a business you know aiming to make money, so sometimes it's quite difficult to to pitch rallying stories when we know before they've not done so well on analytics and like that, things like that so we can you know we can monitor that quite heavily and we can also um you know we can see where people are, are reading our stories in the world and stuff like that so it's been quite difficult for us to justify things like that but obviously this you know Dirtfish website is you know specifically for rallying and they can be a bit more bullshit with with what they go for and obviously they've signed david evans who, who used to work for motorsport news and, and all sport that's a, a big signing someone who's you know well known well known for getting a lot of uh, a lot of scoops in the wrc and obviously they've signed colin clark as well the the stage and reporter so they've got a good little team uh, put together there now and obviously steve rimmer the, the guy you mentioned behind it is a, is a massive rally fan and has probably one of the world's best private rally collections so um you know exciting times ahead and i'll be interested to see you know their plans moving forward maybe we can persuade one of them to to come on and have a chat with us yeah that's 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 your task for this week that's your task for this week jack Bennion. you can go away okay. and get, you can go and get somebody for us for next week challenge that. accepted challenge accepted don't because i've been working with monster trucks and that is the thing that is around all the arenas <laughs> at the moment hashtag challenge except honestly it haunts me at the moment I've got one more show I've got Glasgow to go and then we're done but it's been it's been a very interesting experience but we're not here to talk about Monster Trucks but trust me I know more about Monster Trucks now than I ever thought it humanly possible for me to actually take on board but still um, we will talk we will talk rally uh, just just so you know folks coming up a little bit later on um, we've got we've got a bit of a unique thing uh, which I even make reference to we've got um, Sean Johnson uh, who was a question on, on our quiz Jack Bennion, which you didn't get, as it turned out. Well, remember. I got it halfway through the program, but it's yeah. too late, wasn't it? it was, and, then I, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then I did apologise to him, in fairness. Yes, you did. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll back that up for you. So we've got we've got Sean Johnson and Alex Carani, and and just a bit of a tale of their story so far. Obviously, first two wheel drive home on Monte Carlo, and and Sean's story I think is a fascinating one. Anyway, Jack, I think you're more than fully aware of it, but um, he seems to have settled into 
to rallying now and uh, he seems very, very comfortable with it. But anyway, we've got those two guys coming up as a team. And mm-hmm. I, I, as I mentioned, the only time we've ever had a driver and co-driver at the same time was Travis Pastrana and Robbie Durant. So I don't know whether it's kind of an American thing, even though Robbie's not from 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 the states clearly but uh and of course a double british rally champion matt edwards coming up right at the end of the podcast to kind of talk a little bit of brc which i'm sure jack and i are going to do jack i, I mentioned this to to, to to matt as well and I'll, I'll mention it to you because it's something that we've probably been quite harsh at times on the brc but i think we've been more than justified but um slightly relieved to see i think there's nine or ten r5 cars now at least on the the opening round of the championship so there's there's definitely there's definitely um uh, a proper entry there, should we say, for the first round. And obviously, we've got people like Ocean Price coming back as well. Um, Ollie Mellor's coming out in the Proton. It'd be great to see how that car compares now co- towards the more established R5 cars. But we've got a bit of a race on our hands, thank God. Yeah, it looks like a good one as well. And I think that's the main thing for me. Obviously, you know, we could talk about uh, politics and we could talk about economics and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all rally fans, aren't we? And we want to see a proper a proper battle with proper drivers. And, you know, I, I think I'd much rather see this entry that we've got for the Cambrian than see 30 R5s out there driven by Billies. So the fact you've got Matt Edwards, Tom Cave, Reese Yates, Ocean Price, Molly Mellors. Um, who else have we got? Josh McCurlin. Uh uh, James Williams is yeah. a really interesting one as well. Uh, Tom Williams as well. So, uh, you know, proper top line entries and that's going to be a proper fight. Tom knows that. Tom Cave knows that rally extremely well, as does, uh, Oshin. Reese has obviously just come back from the Monty. Um, and, and Matt's a double champion now. So those, uh, those four at the front, especially, uh, you know, spoiling British rally fans with the, the quality we've got up front there. So it's going to be a brilliant event. Um, you know, I think, I think the stage mileage has been shortened a little bit, but you know, I think whatever happens, these boys have got to be on it from the start and they've got to be, uh, you know, they've got to be attacking every single, uh, yard of the stage, never mind, uh, meters or miles because it's going to be a, an absolutely frantic battle for, for sure. I think so. I think the other thing as well of what the difference for me and this, you know, I've got, in some ways I'm glad we haven't got Ryan here because he'd probably do a, a, a massive give me a bollocking for this. But all these boys, and I'm sure they were back in the day, don't get me wrong, but these are all athletes as well now. These are all you know, whenever you look at stuff the likes of Tom and uh, Osh and things like that, always they were in something else. They're either mountain biking, of course, unfortunately Osh had that, that accident uh, towards the end of last year, which which could have threatened what he was going to do out, out, out on safari, but he managed to get out there anyway. But, you know, these are as close, if not, you might as well consider them now professional rally drivers as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, it's a really interesting uh, point you raised, Tony, actually. And I think, I honestly think if you parachuted some of these boys who, who are finishing, you know, fifth to tenth in the, in the BRC or something like the Irish Time Championship now, parachute them back five or five or ten years, you know, they'd be, they'd really embarrass some of the people, you know, fighting for wins and stuff in, in those seasons because we've had such a step forward with, with rally on board. You see it now. Um, there was, I think it was Craig Breen from a couple of years ago where his intercom broke. And he lost eight seconds on the stage to the, to the fastest stage time, which was about where he was in terms of the, in terms of that rally anyway. Someone, one of the listeners will be able to tweet in and remind me which uh, rally that was. I remember it vividly from the point of view that, you know, Craig had lost so little time. It's because he spends so much time on onboards. Craig, as much as any other driver, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, um, you know, he's sometimes even difficult to get, uh, you know, from a, from a journalistic point of view because he's buried in the back of his truck with, with a, you know, YouTube on or he's got, you know, his recce footage. So, that's passed down because obviously in rallying you get this integration of people competing at different levels like like Reese on the Cambrian obviously just on the Monty and now coming stepping back to a, a national level and he's bringing that 
you know experience with him and that passes along and you know some of the the preparation that these guys are doing not just fitness but with their with their mind and with the the onboards and stuff like that it's just another level completely it's re- really has taken rally into a to a different level in terms of, of pace at the front and it's a it's a really interesting uh, topic actually I think it's filtered down you know I, uh, we can only speak of course uh, you know perhaps from the UK point of view but uh, I'm sure this is uh, across the board when you start thinking about people like I, I think about unfortunately I don't know quite know what our plans are this year but um, I think about the Australian rally champion someone like Molly Taylor who's over here and, and, and of course obviously the Bates brothers as well they look and behave and you could argue they've obviously got supported drives and stuff like that so that maybe helps but we don't know the financial implications of that but everybody looks professional now all the drivers at these levels to me all look professional and you know nobody's i don't feel like anybody's cutting corners anymore at this level and i don't know whether that's because the aspiration to move on to, to wrc and they see what goes on there of course with onboards like you've just been talking or whether they just feel the attitude you know you've got to do it to the absolute best of your ability because you know in, in many ways that removes any excuse for not getting a result as well yeah and i think you know the the pool of of money if you like that these guys are contending for is a lot smaller than it was maybe 20 or 30 years ago isn't it you know obviously you know i think there's a bit of a elite people make where they kind of make out that um you know sponsorship was was easy back in the day you know obviously it wasn't you start to go out and um you know keep sponsors happy and and well get them in in the first place you know, it wasn't always easy obviously it was more to aim at but you know now rallying's obviously becoming more and more marginalized as a sport and that means the the pool of money there there's less manufacturers there's less uh you know sponsors coming in less uh equipment and stuff like that to to feed off so you've got to look more professional you've got to be you've got to be fast on every single rally you've got to be performing at you know the the highest level at all times because that can be the difference between you you know securing your your budget one year or next and you know we've seen um you know we've seen drivers really struggle despite winning championships and, and big rallies to, to come back the next year because they're they're struggling to attract those sponsors and sometimes it's uh, the people who make that extra effort with the presentation and and there's you know even now it's like social media and things like that that make a big difference so yeah it's uh you know it's i, I think we've gone through a massive transition and when you live through it you really don't notice it but um you know there's been a massive transition in rallying over the past you know even you know three or four years with you know the rise of social media and stuff like that as well so um yeah it's 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 one that we'll reflect back on in years to come i'm sure and say this was one of the you know one of the pivotal periods in in the future of rallying i think so and i think the other thing for me having been a driver that was sponsored many years ago when 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 i've never been the bright young thing that's because let's not kid ourselves but i was certainly in another in another life i was i was certainly getting sponsors and stuff like that and you know i've had quite a good run i have you know, I've got historically people I've worked with for many, many years. Um, but um, definitely the younger generation, you know, I'm mid 40s now, so I'm, 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 I'm an alas compared to most. But speaking to some of the younger drivers, definitely the ones who get what needs to happen. And it isn't just simply going up and asking for money um, anymore. You've got to bring something else to the table, whether it's an introduction. Um, you know, it is business to business, a lot of this stuff now. And, you know, there's, uh, when I've got more time and anybody ever wants to speak to me about this, I'll quite happily, but it's just not a podcast. Trust me, it's just not in, interesting enough for a podcast, but this is something I'm really passionate about. I've getting drivers, young drivers, even co-drivers to understand what it can do if you can open a door to another business for another business. And all of a sudden you will get the runoff from that. So all of a sudden you will get, if you can introduce somebody to introduce somebody that opens a door 
for them, then they're going to be more likely to want to help you. So it's about being it's about being savvy and, and clever enough to do stuff like that. And there's certain drivers, and I'm not going to name them, who I can see who have got onto that over the last few years and have become very, very good at it. And they're continuing to do it. I'm not just talking about a British level. I'm talking about European world championship level. I get to see lots of things from a, from a business point of view as well. And, you know, it, th- there's kind of more that needs to be taught on that. You know, it's, it's very, very simple economics. And I know Trev's very big on this as well. It's a shame Trev isn't here because it's something he was very vocal about many, many years ago as well. And that's how he did what he did. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's an interesting time. And I think people like a guest we had on last week, um, John Armstrong, I think John's kind of, got onto a couple of things and I think he's got very clever as well which has enabled him to go back to JWRC um, yeah it's an interesting thing and maybe that's something that maybe when all of us are back because I think we've all got an opinion on it certainly Ryan from his experience um, obviously from being a driver and trying to get su- support um, Trev from what he did with obviously the management company and stuff like that it might be between all four of us Jack it might be just a podcast within itself this of, of, of how things have changed and how things need to keep evolving and how drivers and co-drivers need to keep working towards doing these things and it's not just about going up to somebody saying can I have some money please yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like a good shout to me and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who'd like to listen to that. And, uh, you know, even if we can help one person get 50 quid in the bank, then it's, uh, it's better than they were better off before, isn't it? No, absolutely. And we've, do you know what? And thank you, by the way. We've had, we have had some emails from people who, who, who've kind of picked up when we did the, um, section last year with Trev with regards to obviously the training and stuff like that. And we did, you know, a section, we did 10 sections. Um, we've had a couple of emails last week with people who had actually gone back to look at it because Trev had mentioned it on the podcast. And it's helped them already. Um, so it's lovely to know that when we do do stuff like that, it does kind of make a difference. But anyway, we get, we, we, we sidetrack, uh, Jack Bengen. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna come straight to it very, very early on. We've just been talking about Cambrian. Um, we've just been talking about the runners and riders. Where would you put your, your five English pounds, uh, this particular week on the opening round of the British Rally Championship? Um, that's a good question. I think my money be going on Tom Cave. Right, he's been in that he's been in that I twenty long enough now, and he was uh, you know pretty stunning on uh, on on the few events that he's done recently in that car. So especially on gravel, and they seem to have sorted that car out on gravel now. It seems to be less fragile. So yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Tom on that. But I'm sure uh, I'm sure the top four seeds there will, will all be within in with the shout. I'm looking forward to it, and it's also obviously the opening round of of, of BTRDA as well. Unfortunately, we're not there. Um, this time round and uh, I urge you if you are going out and you are going to watch this rally I know some people listen to the podcast on the way and stuff like that if you do tweet us by the way I love stuff like that but um, the best championship for me last year other than obviously Tom and and, and, uh, and Matt going at it hammering tongue if you kind of took that step back and you looked at BTRDA for me genuinely the best championship or the best class in it was the one that we were involved in and I may sound really really biased but the R2s in at BTRDA national level currently in the UK is it kind of the go-to now for a young driver? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool how that's sort of come about um, sort of organically, hasn't it? It has. It kind of happened by accident and I've been really passionate saying to the people and saying to the organisers, you've really got to big up the R2s and I'm just saying it because we were involved with it last year and we'll probably will do some rounds this year. We've got a few things going on but uh, we will return at some point but 
you know, the, the pace those boys were at. And you've got the defending champion, Perry Gardner, of course, whose dad was a very, very quick national guy over here, probably 20 years ago, Sean Gardner, which again makes me feel old because I was doing rallies with him as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely the place to go. And if you do stick around, um, normally around midfield, now your family R2s at BTRDA level, you'll see some great, great battles there. And of course, then you've got the world rally cars as well, the likes of Petch. Charlie Payne and people like that, whose son is, of course, he was also in an R2 as well. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there. But yeah, cracking rally. Um, I'm, I'm glad um, all the naysayers and the doubters um, have, have been quieting down. Now the rally is going to run. There was moments where we thought it wasn't. They've had to relocate the service area, unfortunately. I'm only assuming, Jack, that was a bit of a cost-saving thing, um, the relocation of the service area. I'm assuming it costs money to, to close land, Dudno, as they have done in the past. But uh, yeah, anyway, it is going to run. Listen, Jack, before we crack on, because we, we haven't got much time, um, Sweden, there still seems to be a little bit of indecision over what's going to happen on Sweden. Um, we, we've got everything crossed. Apparently, the announcement today, as we record this on Tuesday, the historic events has been cancelled in order to try and keep what snow they have got. Yeah, and there's another announcement that's just gone out, hence my pause. So uh, as, you're li- as you're listening to this episode of Absolute Rally, this will be no news to you, but it is news to me and Tony because we're just finding out now. So um, there's an update being uh, put out. Um, I'm not going to read it all out in full, Tony. I'm just going to quickly fill while I blitz through it. Um, but basically the top and bottom of it is um, that they've been uh, investigating the stages obviously which we knew already and we were expecting a decision on whether the rally would go ahead yesterday um, February 3rd which didn't come Um, and basically um, they're going to inspect it again early next week after speaking to manufacturers so no no decision either way at the moment so Monday it looks like is going to be when we find out whether the rally will go ahead which is going to be quite late Um, and uh, I'm sure the manufacturers won't be too happy but I guess I'd rather have a rally than not. So I guess they've got no choice but to wait at this point. I don't know what, I wonder, and this would be one for possibly our, our, our online sleuths. Um, if, and God forbid it did happen, Sweden was cancelled. How many times, I wonder how many times two events in a calendar have been cancelled in WRC? I think I saw, um, did, he, did I see Gar- Gary Boyd tweet Gary, about this? Gary, Gary Boyd must have something on this. Gary, come on, I'm don't sure let us he's down. Tweet, I'm sure Gary Boyd has tweeted about this already. Um, but if he hasn't, then uh, I'm he sure he'll to, know the answer. Yeah. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a big loss. And in fact, um, I know Australia was a massive blow to the WRC to lose that one. Obviously, it was the right decision with what was going on over there. But in terms of uh, just from a selfish point of view of the WRC, you know that was a big deal. And to lose another two events in in the next season can't be good. And you know we had, we obviously had. Uh, talks about the the tv and stuff like that on, on absolute rally in the past few weeks and uh you know i think they, they need to keep rallies you know on uh, and bringing some money in to make sure they can keep providing that tv coverage so you know hopefully there's you know provisions there for the wrc that they're not going to miss out too much from from losing these rallies but it does have a massive financial implication and um you know it'd be interesting to see uh, how that plays out Absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, by the time you guys listen to this, um, depending on when you listen to it, of course, we always assume you listen to it that we've recorded. I've been getting again, again, we've had some lovely messages from people that have only just kind of got onto the podcast, which, which is great, but I find it amazing. Where have you been? I know, I know. And I, one guy sent us a message yesterday and I couldn't help but send a message back. I said, well, congratulations. Thank you so much for the lovely, lovely message that you've just sent, but you've got four years worth of catch up to do. So you better crack <laughs> on basically. So. I got, I got shouted at last week for pronouncing Auger uh, differently. I've seen that. Podcast. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It, is, it is Auger. 
uh, for the record. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, try and uh, I, did, I think I did reply. I'm sorry. I'll try and do better in the future. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was getting a bad school report. I know. I felt I like I was going to have to ring my mum and say, "Sorry, mum, <laughs> teacher's going to uh, the teacher's going to be calling you up, and you know, might get the ruler or something." Hey, listen, we haven't we haven't really done much with this. We're not going to do any other business this week because the the other guy's not here, so it seems a bit it's, it, it seems a bit wrong. And we still haven't really explored the one that you mentioned last time you were on, which I think is lovely. Uh, and I, I want to I want I want to make people aware of it again because I want to. I, I want to stop getting people people's names with the first letter and last letter that are exactly the same. Basically, I need to divert yeah. attention from that. Um, it was rally nicknames, and we yeah. haven't really explored explored it really. Uh, I mentioned it with Rai very briefly, I think last week or the week before. Um, but this is your baby, so Jack, the floor is yours. Please, please, please. No, yeah. we've got to wait until all the boys are back. No, no, no. I want you to basically what Jack said to us was. Best net rally nicknames. Now, I, I was trying to think of one that McRae once called um, the uh, Delacour and Panetti, and I'm sure it was Linutter one and two after they'd had that spat. It seems to, that that is what I was trying to think of the other week when 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 I was talking to Ryan about it. But um, maybe not quite as brutal as that. But if you can think of any nicknames for for events, cars, drivers. Send them in. Either email them absolute, uh, at, at studio at absoluterally.co.uk or by all means Twitter because that when we just share it around and everybody sees it. So probably absolute underscore rally at Twitter. That'd be good. Um, Jack Bengen, that is the end of our section. Do you want, do you want my favourite um, my favourite rally nickname? Just I'll just give you just give you one before Go we on. discuss it. Go on. It's uh, Ian Duncan. Ian Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Safari uh, Rally. Yeah, yeah. Safari he's, been, rally. He's, been on, he's been a guest on the podcast. Regular. Yeah. So uh, Absolute Rally listeners tweeting what Ian Duncan's nickname is. Okay, there you go. To go back to that phrase that you used before, which I'll be using for one last time this week and possibly for the rest of my life, challenge accepted. There you go, folks. The, the pressure is on you guys. Tweet that one into us and uh, obviously put uh, put Jack and I in the tweet as well and we'll share it about. Um, Jack, you're going to have the rest of the day off now. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not. I'm just about to start writing about Sweden. But okay. one more thing before we do... Uh, we do finish. I think it's absolutely brilliant that Alistair Fisher finally got an overall Irish Tarmac Championship rally win in Galway last weekend. And the fact that that trophy has gone back to the Fisher family uh, 21 years after Bertie last won the, the Galway rally is just a, an absolutely brilliant story. Alistair has been so close on so many occasions to winning one of those overall rallies. And as soon as I saw that he'd won that, I texted him straight away to say, finally, mate, you've you've managed yeah. to bag one and I'm sure it won't be the last one of the season um, there's the switch to the polo seems to have breathed of a new bit of life into his rally and obviously had that year out so he's he's uh, fighting fit obviously and uh, anyone who's done the Galway rally um, me not included but I've watched enough on board to know that it's pretty much one of the most difficult rallies you can do in, in Ireland or, or the UK with the changing weather and the, the complexity of the stages so well done to Alistair and anyone else who got to the finish of that rally because it's always a tough one and uh, really looking forward to the battle in the Irish Tarmac Championship for the rest of the season to see whether anyone can, can stop Alistair winning it well said well said of course because we, we did have Killian on last week and uh, we are going to we are going to dip more into the Irish Tarmac series as time goes on as well um, so I was going to do that so thank you Jack that was going to be my finishing piece but you've done the finishing piece oh, sorry. for me no sorry. no no it's fine you see, folks, we don't we don't rehearse at all. Um, Jack, we'll be back next week, and we'll, we'll hopefully we'll have a decision on Sweden. Obviously, hopefully it'll be a positive one. Um, and yeah, so there you go. Thanks very much, Jackie Boy Banging. Um, both folks, we'll be back after this break with Sean Johnson and Alex Carani. This is Absolute Rally. 
Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Um, we've not done this before. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm about to tell our lovely listeners a lie. We have done this before. We have actually had a crew on before, i.e. driver and co-driver. With the last time we did it was with an American driver. You may have heard him called Travis Pastrana and with a good friend of mine who co-drives for him, Robbie Durant. They insisted on coming on together. It must be an American thing because now we've got a complete American crew. So we've got we've got Sean Johnson and Alex Karani. Now, the reason why we've got you two boys, I'll come to you first, Sean, is obviously um, you kind of did something a little bit special on Monte Carlo, which I'm really, 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 really jealous about what, the fact that you did, you did the rally. But you came home yeah. first two-wheel drive home as well. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still sort of pinching myself. I think Alex is as well. That uh, we we went to go do a rally to just get some experience, work with the gravel crew for the first time, um, just take it easy in a, in a little bit slower car um, before making the transition to R5 stuff. And we ended up coming home with more trophies than we could literally carry. <laughs> it was uh, quite the experience. And yeah, first uh, win of my rally career and first of. Yeah, Alex and I's partnership together, um, and to have it come at such a huge event, and uh, and and not be just the class win, but all you know, two wheel drive as well was uh, quite the surprise, but a very welcome one, and um, yeah, pretty huge for us. So I'm I'm stoked on it and grateful on it for sure. Good for you, good for you, uh, Alex. You, you've kind of been around, I suppose, European rallying a lot longer than a lot longer than probably most people realise. I think it's fair to say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think you're you, you kind of adopted by us now, aren't you? I'm convinced you, you, you're, you're now an adopted Brit. I'm not entirely sure, but um, but I, I just play it for my own advantage, I guess. Yeah, good on you. Good on you. Any advantages you can get. So yeah. you, you 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 get the fact that obviously Monty has got such you know every I think anybody who knows rallying or not yeah. even I'll tell you what I'll rephrase this. Anybody else, anybody who's into motorsport knows the Monte Carlo Rally. Yes, of course. And, and, and so it's not just any rally. It's one of those ones where, you know, you're not even an armchair, just a casual person who's familiar with cars themselves will go, oh, yeah, Monte Carlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> to have that one on the CV, it must be a little bit. It's, it's got to be more special in any event for me. It oh, is yeah. for me. I'm being a bit biased, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, what do you think? I mean, so special. I mean, I think it was an absolute dream come true just to reach the start line of that rally. And um, I never really thought I'd ever even reach the start line of it. So to be able to come there the first time and do that well is just like nearly beyond um, comprehension for me. I think even the week leading up to it, I was watching some some old rally videos from you know the 90s, nostalgia, just trying to pick out which of the stages they, they still use and um, in other disbelief that I'd actually be, be racing on them. Um, and then, yeah, of course, on the first stage, we were quickest by quite a bit. So that was uh, blown away. And I was absolutely blown away that everything going to the event the first time, since it is just so complicated and so challenging and so intense, that every thing actually kind of came together and worked well sean i was going to ask you about that because you know uh you you finished last season of course having your first sample of an r5 car did that make a big difference coming back to an r2 car did suddenly 
did suddenly did you have a lot more time than previously you had before? Is that is that is that what's happened, or am I reading too much into that? I think it's definitely a, a part of it. Is that um, certainly getting back in the R two car? I was like, man, where's my power? Where's my second two drive wheels? Um, but yes, yeah, certainly more time. And uh, I think it's just also the the accumulation of all the work that I've been doing on my fitness. You know, I'm also training at Three Two One Perform in France, um, a driver development center that Seb Ogier has been going to since his first season of rallying. Is that you know this this rally in in Monte Carlo um, just last weekend. You know, for me, it's, it's, uh, it feels like all the pieces are starting to come together. It's, you know, the first rally of my third season, um, in this sport. So I still feel like I'm relatively new and that I still have a lot to learn, but it, it felt like for the first time, um, there was a, a level of comfort in knowing what I was getting myself into. I mean, the conditions at Monty were totally crazy and, and totally new for me, but, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I'm starting to develop a level of comfort and understanding of the sport and certainly, at that R5 start in Hungary, you know, I also had Eric Camelli, um, there coaching me that weekend and, you know, going over recce videos with him that he's already, um, showing me, you know, ways that I need to understand the line of rallying differently is that he said that, you know, I understand the line that you're trying to do, but you're bringing too much sports car racing into the rallying. So even that short little bit of coaching that I got from him that we're going to be doing more of in the coming months. Um, I feel like I, I showed up with a different understanding of what the objective was with my pace notes and, and what I'm trying to do. And, uh, and yeah, it was crazy to just, you know, get into the rally and feel like we weren't doing anything different, but then to clearly have the pace have taken a big step forward. So yeah, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what factor it was. Um, but I think all the pieces are just starting to come together and, and the performances are starting to flow, which is, uh, which is an exciting thing for us for sure. Is it, it, it? Does it? Does it kind of validate the, the the process so far as well? Because you know, it's as you say, you come from sports car racing. You you, you came into rally. You did ERC and you did JWRC, of course, last year. And, and you know, while there was some strong stages and stuff like that, you know, you you, you had your ups and downs. I think it's fair to say. Uh, so to, sure. to to come into it and actually, you know, as you've just said, this is starting your third season. Does it kind of validate? you go right okay yeah i do this is where i, I want to be this is where i do belong and and i know i'm only going to get better from this point on that's exactly it. i'm feeling like i mean i just have this giddy excitement and gratitude to be involved in this sport is that you know i've been in motorsports now this is gonna be what my seventh season in in motorsport um and i just feel so at home and in, in rallying in the service park just the the energy in the atmosphere um it just really resonates deeply with me. And I think the approach to rallying and, and the, the kind of work that it entails and the kind of mindset uh, that you bring. And I think my, my qualities as a, as a driver um, really lend themselves more to rallying than they do to sports car racing. I was actually having a, uh, a conversation with my old uh, team manager from the Porsche racing team. And he, he totally affirmed that as well, that, you know, there's uh yeah, maybe I wasn't aggressive enough <laughs> for the, for the sports car racing, you know, not, um, not into the opening the steering wheel up and, and moving somebody else out onto the gas. You know, that's just not my style. So to, to be in the sport where it's really me, Alex, the car, the environment and the stopwatch and we see how it goes is that I, have just fallen absolutely head over heels in love with the sport and I'm so grateful to be here. And yeah, it's, it's starting to, to, to settle on me and, and I'm enjoying it and for sure a lot more to learn, but um, yeah, I'm excited with 
and and feeling really positive and hopeful with the rate that Alex and I have been able to grow and develop as a crew together and for me and my driving and understanding of the sport. And I think, uh, yeah, we just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. The process is, is clearly working. Alex, if, if I can come to you before, uh, before we even go uh, to where I wanted to go uh, next, mm-hmm. which was regards to gravel crews and stuff like that, which is, yeah, we're going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you first jumped in uh, to the car with Sean, obviously you've, you've sat with several drivers, you, you know, many of which we know yeah. and, 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 and everything else, but you know, you, it was quite literally, if you pardon the pun, a clean sheet of paper because yeah. it's a clean sheet of paper from a driving point of view, because obviously we've just been talking about, uh, Sean's sports car background, but also mm-hmm. from, from a pace noting point of view, you know, what, what, where, where, where does, where have the big jumps came for you? Because obviously you sat with several drivers and, you know, several experienced yeah. drivers. Where have you seen the changes come and where, where, where are the strengths now, I suppose, and where they were kind of 12 months ago? Yeah. It's, um, well, it was really interesting working with Sean just coming with a blank sheet of paper after, you know, I've been co-driving already for about 15 years by the time I met up with Sean. So I had an idea as to, you know, what he needed to do to start as far as his pace notes and what system and what types of things would work and how I wanted to develop. And of course, I've always wanted um, an American driver in the WRC and that's Sean, that was Sean's goal from the beginning. So it was nice to be able to actually start something with, uh, you know, having the same goal in mind. Um, it's quite funny, actually, when we were working on Recce, we met each other the first time at Corsica in 2018 just to go spectate and we we're driving some roads and, and doing uh, doing some Recce practice. You know, I, I got him to buy a Monet. We started like exploring taping the wheel and and we came up with our glossary together and you know he's driving driving down the road at 2025 kph trying to trying to do just like oh man like i forgot he's you know like completely new to this Uh, but then you know within like by the next day is a little faster by the next day is a little faster and we worked and worked and by the first rally we did i could tell he obviously has a really good feeling for the car and he can comprehend a lot of information um and he had the right approach as far as um wanting to get the most out of his pace notes and realizing that's where the speed um really lies um so we yeah we started working from there i'd say there's a few jumps you know at the end of 2018 um we did rally erzgebirge in germany and you know after the first night we were just all of a sudden leading so that felt like there it really came together and then um you know this year we were struggling maybe a little bit in the you know, in 2019 at the, the first part of the season. Um, but then we changed our pace notes into a one to 10 system. It seemed to get Sean a bit more accurate with the corners and everything. The pace notes all of a sudden felt very, very safe and comfortable. And we started finding a good rhythm with that. And at Wales Rally GB, that's when it felt like things were really coming together and we we're just in a, in a comfortable rhythm in a world rally championship event and, and setting good pace and, and getting on the podium was for me, their dream come true. I didn't think it would be followed so quickly by, um, an even greater accomplishment, which was, uh, um, you know, what we went through at Monte Carlo, but I'd say those, those were kind of the two big jumps, you know, end of 2018 and then, um, the end of, uh, 2019 with, with rally GB. And we kind of saw Monte Carlo as a bit of a continuation of 2019 since now we'll have a, a little bit of a break before we make the next big step which is into r5 wow and that's that's where i was going to go sean um i'm assuming the appetite for r5 hasn't diminished it's probably only grown despite obviously this this momentarily backward step to r2 the plans for 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 2020 last year obviously was erc and jwrc um 
age limitations obviously restricted you from going back to to JWRC. But uh, the plans for this year now very much focused on R5. Is it a fixed program? Is it going to be a fluid program where you're going to pick and choose events? What's the kind of strategy for this year, Sean? Yeah, so the strategy for this year is to not spend too much money. Good luck. <laughs> is, is Good luck with that, that Sean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best. So, you know, in talking with my sponsors, that we don't have enough budget for a full season um, of the WRC3. And, and for Alex and I, we're clear that the WRC weekends are the, the events that we want to be learning um, because it's where we want to we want to go to work in the future. So we're we're really doing our best to show up as to as many WRC three weekends as possible, but don't have the budget for a full season. So we're looking into pick and choose what is looking now like five events plus um, and, you know a, a decent testing program and a handful of other maybe small national rallies just to get some experience on other surfaces on other road types as well. Um, so yeah, we're 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 not able to confirm that 100%. Yes, I actually have a conversation later tonight with my sponsor and where we're trying to then really firm up that budget and, and start working. You know, we're, we're talking with three different teams now about um, looking at what's the right way to skin that cat, what's the right equipment, what's the right team, what's the right offer. Um, so, yeah, we're in the middle of putting that together and, and can't confirm that 100% yet, but that's certainly the intention is is to do five uh, WRC three rounds and for sure throughout the season, hoping to raise more money to, to throw a sixth one in there. But wow. um, yeah, at this point, that's what we're looking at. Wow, well, we'll keep everything crossed for you. If I can just come back <laughs> to you br- briefly, Alex. We, you, yeah. It was mentioned before with regards to your your uh, having your, your gravel note crew. Seb Marshall was with us last week, and he was talking quite a lot mm. about the work that the guys do behind the scenes. How did yeah. you choose? How did you choose your ice no crew, knowing full well yeah. who it was? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you saw who it was, so I think it was pretty obvious who was making the choice there. Um, but uh, I mean, the gravel no crew is such an important job, and it's such a thankless job, and it's such a, a difficult job. And um, you know, I've worked with Crazy Leo a few years, and I know that. He has so much enthusiasm for the sport, so much enthusiasm for doing something like Gravel Crew. And he's has he's so anal and OCD and nothing's ever too big of an ass. So he's the perfect person you want to be doing that job for you. Plus, he has all the experience driving on, on ice and snow. And, and, you know, driving Gravel Crew for Rally Monte Carlo is actually quite difficult from a driving perspective. I'm not sure people necessarily uh, appreciate how difficult it is just getting down those roads in time uh, at four in the morning when it's icy and checking all the grip and checking all the notes. Um, but yeah, we picked Crazy Leo to, to drive it, and then also his changes. I understand what he means by different things since I've worked with him. Um, and then Gilby, I think, uh, uh, you know, everybody loves Gilby as far as the kill drive. Very likable dude. There's a fly in the world documentary to be made. Everyone loves Gilby. Uh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves Gilby, yeah. No, and he's good friends with me, and he's worked with uh, Crazy Leo. So they have that relationship and can work together. I have the relationship with Gilby. We have, you know, um, Leo was helping us out last year. So Sean knows Leo, and I have the relationship with Leo. So it's now, you know, instead of just driver and co-driver, it's one big team of four that works together to be able to get the result in a place like Monte Carlo and um, very happy they were able to put together a, a team like that. Fantastic. And Fantastic. it clearly works. And it Absolutely. Clearly works. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, yeah, guys, 
we we just wanted to get you on, uh, obviously as 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 a couple because you are American. That's the rule, clearly. Uh, so, uh, genuinely, it was it's great to have you both on and great to have a chat. And uh, listen, all all we ask is you keep us in the loop and you come back and tell us some more news when you've got it. Really, absolutely, we'd be happy yeah, to. Thanks for having us on. Great to be here. Fantastic. Folks, we're going to go to a little break and then we're going to come back to double British rally champion who's just about to try and embark on securing a third, Matt Edwards. This is Absolute Rally. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally Champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Thanks again for the download this week. Um, really do appreciate it. If you keep spreading the love, spreading the word, it really is, as I say, appreciated. And those five-star reviews do make a difference. To finish the podcast, we've got a five-star driver, Matt Edwards, double British rally champion. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you, mate. It sounds like we're on TripAdvisor, not a podcast, <laughs> is it? Oh, mate, you know what it's like. I mean, oh, we all need them, mate. We all need them. We all need them. So, uh, so we catch you, obviously, on Monday of uh, the week, which is the opening round of the British Rally Championship. How is your preparation? How are we feeling? We're trying to go for this historic hat-trick. And, uh, yeah, uh, where, where's Matt Edwards at? On the 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 the, the week of uh, of what could be a historic time for him, probably not what you'd expect. I'm currently <laughs> rattling around the workshop trying to get um, Fraser Anderson's R2 ready for for the rally. Um, the lads are just on the way back with an R5 that we've been running in in Galway at the weekend, so um, I'm just trying to make space for them to get that in here. So it's not really that glamorous, I'm afraid. But wow. um, no, we're we're looking forward to it. Obviously. Um, Big opportunity, you know, new new car, which is probably the biggest concern I've got because I've got no sort of prior experience of it on gravel. So it's just a case of, you know, getting some miles under the belt on the shakedown on Thursday and just, you know, how big, got some sort how of, big uh, a jump field. is it, Matt, from, from the old cast? And you can't, I don't know how many components are carried over, but would you, do you know, you know is, the, is there much carryover from the original car? Nothing, I don't think, really. I think everything's got some sort of revision. The chassis is obviously completely new, um, and a lot of it around that is, is very is very different. Um, it, it does feel a completely different car to drive, you know. Um, so, you know, again, like I say, that's, that's probably my my trepidation at the moment, is not having a, a, a feel to, in, my, in, my, in, my, in my mind, if you like, as to what's going to happen on, on the first stage. But... Once I've got some sort of idea what it's going to do after the test, then hopefully that'll all calm down and we'll be okay on the recce. Um, uh, obviously, it's it is your home event as well. Does that does that bring does that bring an added pressure away from the British Rally Champion stuff? Mm. stuff? Does it does it does it have that kind of feel to it for you? Uh, not really. I think the fact is the first round is the biggest is the biggest challenge for me. Um, you spend all the off season, you know, reviewing things from the previous year, and you know, it's funny how you look at the onboards and you think, was that really me doing that? Because a lot of it happens that you don't think about, you know, the speed you're going, you don't really think about it. So you spend all that time looking and wondering if you can then jump back in and and do the repeat it, if that makes sense. So that's probably.
probably the biggest pressure is starting again and you know feeling you know when you've had a you know quite a long off season that can you get back on the horse at the same speed you left it really um so that's basically my mindset is you know trying to pick up where we left off and you know, hopefully the pace is, is the same, if not a little bit better in the new car. Well, I was going to say new car. Um, I was going to say new co-driver, but it's not really a new co-driver, <laughs> is it? It's, it's kind of returning. It's returning to a first love almost. It's <laughs> returning to Darren Gerrard, who you won with, of course, the first time you won the British Rally Championship. So there's a change, but it's a familiar change for you. Yeah, yeah, we've been working. You know, the, the reason we sort of... Um, well, the reason Darren wasn't in the car yesterday, really, uh, last year was mainly down to you know work for both of us um you know he, he needed to go and earn some money and we had a you know had a good contract with rory bell that's obviously yielded fruit for him um so working together all year with him so you know there's definitely not been a um you know any sort of time to to get back on you know on on terms with that so you know there's no there's no drama at all and you know we did a couple of tests last year as well um so yeah, I think Darren's looking forward to getting back in. In the, in the new car, obviously, still yeah. under the M Sport umbrella. Slightly yeah. different livery for the first time yeah. in, in, in a long time as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just um, collaboration really between Swift and UASA. Um, it's a great opportunity for UASA to to sort of link up with a you know, big brand like um, Swift and you know, develop their sort of leisure side of their, their business. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a step back from Swift, but you know, you have sort of obviously big heritage in motorsport with the touring cars, and the delivery is actually a, a you know a, a copy of one of the earlier um, touring car liveries. So that's you know, it's a good link up there. The team are really keen. Um, there's a load of them coming up to the Cambrian Rally to see how see how we go, and obviously <laughs> puts a bit of pressure on. Um, but yeah, it, it's you know it's a good opportunity. You know, moving forward as well, it, it, you know, it looks like there's. You know, there's other ideas to do other things, uh, not necessarily you know competing wise, but you know other other little projects they want to do to cement that relationship. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that pans out. I, I'm, I'm imagining a fly on the wall documentary of you in uh, a motorhome touring round Wales, powered by UAS. So that's what I want. I want to see. I want to see a YouTube okay. kind of video diary of you living in a in a motorhome. Can you do that? That would be brilliant. Uh, well, I don't know if anybody saw the advert we did for the. The big Swift Contiki, the motorsport caravan uh, motorhome that they did, that was a bit of a, a bit of a, an acting debut. But I don't think I'll be taking that up anytime soon. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Three days for it, a two-minute clip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Seems like a lot of work. Don't knock it. Don't knock it, mate. <laughs> don't knock it. Get what you can. Get what you can. Yeah, um, I think we were all probably a little bit concerned at one point, Matt. That you know, while the competition's obviously been really sharp at the, the the real sharp end of the BRC, that we were potentially going to be lacking in numbers again. But you know, one thing that has happened, other than the fact that you've just dropped something, um, is yeah. the fact that I'm still working while you're talking. I know, I know, I know, I know. This is what you've got to do. You still got to earn a living, brother. I get it. I, I get it. Um, is that you know we've got some we've got some older faces coming back, and we've got you know some new cars and things like that. So I think there's nine or ten R5s now. Um, registered for the opening round of the BRC, and obviously some 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 old foes and some new foes as well to battle with. Yeah, well, it's great. You know, that's what the championship needs. You know, like like you say, it's looking looking you know a bit concerning at one time that there wouldn't be you know many many cars involved, and um, 
at the end of the day, you only need two to have a race. That's you know that's that is the fact of it. And if you've got somebody on the same pace as you, that just keeps everybody you know keeps you going forward. So the fact that there's probably four or five that you know are going to be on a similar pace, um, if not more, that's that's going to be really interesting. And like you say, the change of cars and the likes of Oshin and Reese coming back. That's you know see how they've progressed over the last couple of years and you know coming back to the championship going to be interesting and that's that's what you want and you know I think that's where the, the trepidation comes from as well because you do not know until the first stage time how your how your package is if that makes sense you don't yeah. know you know obviously we've got Pirelli on board so that's kind of a given that we know the tyre's good but then you know how quick am I going to adapt to the new car and you know is, is there going to be you know some setup that we need to work on that find some more pace you know all these things we don't know until we get a first stage time on the board and and that's going to be that's going to be an interesting first morning of the championship for sure. I think it's going to be it's it's going to be massively interesting across the board as well. You know, one 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 entry did raise an eyebrow um, was to see Ollie Mellors coming back, of course, in the Proton, which has been really really successful at national level, but it hasn't really gone toe to toe yet with the likes of you guys um, in other R fives, you know, kind of other top line R fives, you know. And again, you know, I think. Ollie's, Ollie's always been quick and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the, the likes of him comes in and, and troubles the more established stars like you, Tom, uh, you know, obviously you've gone toe to toe over the last year or so. Yeah, again, a completely different car and no idea where that's going to be. No, it could be, it could be a second a mile faster for all we know. Yeah. Um, like, you know, and again, like, so you're not, you're not going to know until you've got a, a stage time on the board. Um, but you know, again, to have that interest from a, a manufacturer. I know it's you know it's privately run a bit like M Sport, but you know to get that interest and you know to see the British Championship as a place to go and showcase that car is is great. And you know I hope it's competitive because you know if the if the comp if it's competitive, then it's more likely to you know to 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 carry on with that program. So you know we just hope that it's successful for them. And they say Ollie's a good driver. Probably not as much recce sort of experience as some of the others around him, but. You know that that will come with time, and um, you know it's, it's in the first events one he's familiar with, and won a couple of years ago. So um, that that will be uh, a good place for him to start. Now I know you're you're very pragmatic how you plan things and stuff. Do you, have you set targets for for your first events? Have you set targets for the season? How how is your mindset with regards to the, your targeting system that you kind of work with? Um, difficult to say because there's a, you know like there is some more you know bigger variable this year than I've had for several years you know the new car is is probably the is this your big is this the biggest challenge then out of, out of the out of the three would you say Matt mm, don't know no I think the first year having never won it probably the biggest challenge you know and, and leading the championship all year was you know it felt like it was mine to lose and wanting it so badly that you know puts its own pressures on um speed wise and the driving wise yesterday was a big uh, i said that before didn't i oh, yeah. last year was a big challenge. Like a time lord matt like a time lord. <laughs> um, uh, yes last year the, the biggest time biggest concern was the speed and whether we'd have the speed through all the events um, and this year is that adaption process to the new car so that every year has got a, a different type of a challenge and you know that's what keeps it interesting you know different cars different drivers and you know that I mean a different event as well this year 
you know, yeah. so we're going back to a, a few that we know, but again, new event impact, and, and that's going to be a challenge for everybody. Absolutely. Now, as you mentioned before at the top, of course, you're still busy, you're still working on other things. Last week's guest, John Armstrong, uh, put some, some very nice videos out. Um, he's been out working with you over in Finland. Um, uh, I suppose that's an, another part of, I suppose, the arsenal of what you get with Matt Edwards these days. Obviously, the, the coaching side, something that we spoke about before, but yeah. this has become quite a big thing now. People wanting to go and have these experiences and, you know, it's, it's proven quite, quite, quite successful for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult for me to, to sell it and advertise it, if you like, because, of course, I want people to go because it's it's a, a business for me. You know, it's it's a source of income. But I think, you know, when you see everybody that's been, what they their feedback and how they improve and, um, you know, their perception of it when they get there, you know, you can see people, particularly John was, a, you know, a big a big example of it you know he, he came with probably some expectation that he could you know, go go on the lake and and you know raz round you know on the full studs we did he didn't he just did a day on the full studs rather than doing the road studs which you normally do because of his time and budget um and you know you quickly see that you know he's getting more out of the experience and the feedback than he probably thought he might do because the surface lends itself to that level of of feedback and scrutiny of your driving and you know, he, he came away you know, really enthused, learned a lot, and you know, I think probably more than he, he expected it to, which was great for me and, you know, great well, for Well, I, I was just about to say, I think, you know, I don't think anybody's in any doubt anywhere in the world who, who, who knows about rallying and knows, you know, a little bit of history, I suppose, uh, John, you know, John's John John's not shy. John's a quick boy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's a proper, I, yeah, I would class John pilot. as a proper, yeah, a proper driver. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's a proper driver, so it's not like he's going out to learn his trade. No, he's, no. he's going there. He's won rallies. Yes, uh, and that's you know that was it was nice for me to sort of um, uh, just to cement what I I believe works in a rally car, and that it worked for somebody that's done so much driving over the years, like John, yeah. uh, and for him, somebody like him, to get the benefit out of it as an established driver. That was, you know, quite big for me. Um, and, you know, I think his attitude changed to, to his driving style. And, you know, you know, we, we did it. We did a, a fair bit of comparison back to back with, you know, he'd go and drive his way and then he'd go and drive with some of my ideas in mind a bit more. And, you know, he could, he could see and he could feel the difference in the car and how it worked. And, you know, that was, it was a, you know, real, real interesting you know, day that we had, and you know, we did we did a lot of mileage, and you know, we did a bit on his notes as well. You know, I was there reading notes for him, and picked up a few little things that maybe help him on that. And you know, it's just it's just nice to be able to help somebody that you know is, is going into J, JWRC this year, and you know, to give them a, a start in that was, was really useful. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, Matt, um, I know you've got a car to put back together and then you've got to go and get ready to go to a rally, so we won't keep you any longer, but we do no thank problem. you for your time and thanks for joining us. Folks, um, we do appreciate the download, as I said before, and uh, yeah, as I say, we'll be back same time, same place, near the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.